I invite you to take a Bible and open it with me to the very end, back to Revelation chapter 18. If you would open or turn on, scroll over, find with me Revelation chapter 18. That is where we are going to be in God's Word together this morning. While you're turning back there, let me echo the welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the way that you have sung and participated together this morning. It is a blessing to be gathered in the sight and the presence of God and to sing about this city. I appreciate the thought that Chris has put into our songs together this morning. We want to talk about that city that has been highlighted one way or another in all of the songs that we have been singing together today. That comes from the last book of the Bible. And here in recent weeks on Sunday mornings, here and there, I have gone with you, invited you to join me in this last challenging sometimes book of the Bible. It has been the the center of our daily Bible reading schedule here in recent weeks. On Thursday, if you were following that schedule, you were with us in Revelation 18. Friday, Revelation 19. Lord willing, tomorrow, Revelation 20. And this week, we will wrap that book up. So many lessons that can be taken from this last book of the Bible. This hasn't been a Bible class on each chapter or or each verse, but we've just been highlighting some themes that correspond with that reading that can be so very challenging, encouraging, thought-provoking, hopefully making us think about home and what really matters, what life is all about. As that last book of the Bible reaches its conclusion, there are many ways to think of the last four or five chapters of the Bible, one of them is the contrast between two cities. And that's all that I would like to notice with you this morning. Two cities are highlighted and contrasted as the last chapters of God's written revelation to mankind unfold. And I'd suggest to you as those two very different cities are highlighted and contrasted, it ought to provoke within me and I hope provokes within you this morning a simple question. In which city do I belong? For which city am I hoping? Which city am I really living for? The first of those cities is Babylon. You see it all over Revelation chapter 18. And I'll I'll be there and, and read with you in just a moment from Revelation 18. But I'd encourage you to think with me, okay, as these original hearers or readers are coming across this very loaded word, what would have gone through their minds? This is an ancient word describing an ancient city full of 
ancient implications and lessons for God's people. Maybe you, like some, would think all the way back to the very first book of the Bible. The earliest traces of what came to be known, more generally speaking, as Babylon. God's people through the ages, when they have thought of Babylon, maybe it goes all the way back to Genesis 11 verse 1 when we're told that the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there, and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. I'd suggest to you, if you grab a hold of that thread and follow it from nearly beginning to end, in many ways that is the anthem of Babylon, wherever she shows up. Let us make a name for ourselves. We hear it loud and clear in the, from the very mouth of Babylon's most famous king, Nebuchadnezzar, who in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 28, long after that tower had been built, now living in the heart of Babylon and all that that name meant, as he is walking on the roof of his royal palace, says to himself, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the, listen to this language, the glory of my majesty, that is Babylon, in both Old and New Testaments. In fact, even long after Babylon's heyday, several centuries after Babylon had come and gone as a literal world empire, even the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 13 Curiously writes, she who is at Babylon, who, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings. For someone reading that letter in the first century, maybe the very first thing that would go through their minds is, well, I've heard about Babylon in history. I, I, I've, I've heard people talk about that, but doesn't this man know that Babylon came and went several hundreds of years ago? What could he possibly mean by Babylon until they began thinking about the own world empire in which they lived? You see, when... 
God, through his inspired messengers, talks about Babylon. He's not just talking about one literal city in one little geographical location at one particular place in time. This word came to mean power, human majesty, human pride. And everything that came along with that, even though Babylon had come and gone, in the first century, in Peter's day and age, Rome very much fit the profile of Babylon. In fact, there have been Babylons, if you will, down through history all the way to today. I would humbly suggest to you that you and I live in Babylon of the 21st century. Maybe that will become a little more clear as we have our Bibles open there to Revelation chapter 18. There is news that is spread. You begin reading with me Revelation chapter 18 and verse 1. John communicates, After this I saw another angel coming down from heaven having great authority and the earth was made bright with his glory and he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen! Fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. That's not what people initially thought of when they thought of Babylon. They thought of hanging gardens of great royal palaces and and roofs on which the great emperors of the day could look around and boast about, look at what I have made. Look at what we have become. Look at what we have been able to accomplish. There's very different news here in Revelation chapter 18. The question is, Why? Why has that news come down? And as we continue reading in that chapter, I'd encourage you to notice with me verse 7. Babylon's focus. From the days of that great tower in Genesis 11, hundreds of years later to Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4, Hundreds of years after that, into the days of the heyday of the Roman Empire. What you and I need to see is Babylon, whenever, wherever she is, is all about her own glory. Verse 7. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, So give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart. That sounds familiar. That's Genesis 11. That sounds familiar. That's that's Daniel chapter 4. Since in her heart, she says, I sit as a queen. I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. You see, what had once been all about her own glory now is accompanied with news of falling, of 
There have been lots of seeds sown in Babylon, but the harvest isn't going to be what we expected it to be. Notice Revelation chapter 18, verse 3. Revelation chapter 18, verse 3. All nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. You see, for a little while, life in Babylon for some was really good. But you keep reading with me in verse 9, after this news, the kings of the earth, verse 9, who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come and the merchants of the earth weep And mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and slaves. That is, human souls. You see, life for some in Babylon was really good. But it wasn't going to last. Why? Verse 14 is key. Souls long for things. Would you tuck that in the back of your mind and carry that with you out of this building this morning and reflect on that reality throughout this week? You have a soul given to you by God. You are different from trees and cows and dogs. You have a God-given soul that longs for things. You were created With that capacity, you were created as a worshiper. And listen to me, every human being worships someone, something. Every human being treats someone, something as the pinnacle, the ultimate. Here in Revelation chapter 18, we're being given, okay, Not just the seeds that reveal wealth. For some, life in Babylon was really good for a little while. We're even being shown the sword of harvest that comes from the sowing of those seeds. And verse 14 tells us, Revelation chapter 18, verse 14, the fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you. And all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you. Never to be found again. You see, for some, for a little while, life in Babylon was good. 
But with the news, what is becoming clear is all that I poured my life into is ultimately not going to be satisfying. It's not going to endure. It's not going to be worth the outcome. If I lived for Babylon and Babylon is fallen, what sort of fruit for which my soul has longed, what am I going to have left? Now, the good life that some in Babylon enjoyed would be replaced. Look at verse 8 of Revelation 18. For this reason, verse 8, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. For a little while, for some, the good life was in Babylon. But all of the delicacies, all of the splendors wouldn't be worth the bitter harvest. When all that you're left with is death and mourning and famine. Death, mourning, and famine that is connected in that verse to, did you hear it? The judgment of God. And even there, we don't have to guess as to why, what this judgment is all about. Whom this judgment is for. Look at verse 20 of Revelation chapter 18. While news is distressing merchants and princes and kings, there are others who are called to rejoice. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets. For God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your mercy Merchants were the great ones of the earth. Look at Babylon that we have built by our own glory. Now verse 24, in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. The message of Revelation 18 to saints, to disciples of Jesus is come out. Revelation chapter 18 verse 4. Come out of her, my people. Lest you take part in her sins. Lest you share in her plagues. Her sins are heaped high as heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Babylon, of all things, of all names, of all cities, places, ideas, 
principles. It is Babylon that shows up near the very end of God's written revelation to mankind. With news, Babylon is fallen. She's been all about her own glory. And for a little while, people have lived the good life, but they will harvest rotten fruit. It will not deliver what was promised. It will be replaced with death and mourning and famine. Because Babylon in so many ways has stood as a symbol of human pride against God. Human opposition. Everything that we can muster for our own kingdoms acting as if God isn't even there. And if God's pesky people somehow get in our way or make too much noise or, or make life too unpleasant for us, we'll just get rid of them. The message to God's people is... Come out of Babylon. Well, it's one thing to come out. It's another, place, another thing to know where to go. And that's the second highlight. The other end of the contrast. You might have to turn a page or two. Go with me to Revelation chapter 21. One way to think of the last couple of pages in your Bibles is two cities. Babylon and New Jerusalem. Which city am I living for? And I want you to notice how, how easily we can see the contrast that is being drawn. What was the news about Babylon? Babylon is fallen. But there is also news about New Jerusalem. Look with me at Revelation 21 verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city. That's not a word attached to Babylon, but this city, New Jerusalem is holy. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared. As a bride adorned for her husband. Babylon fallen. New Jerusalem prepared. For which city am I going to live? Is the question that ought to come through loud and clear. Babylon all about her own glory. Look at Revelation 21, verses 22 and 23. I saw no temple in this city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light. And its lamp is the sun. Babylon all about human glory. New Jerusalem, all about the glory of God. For which city am I going to live? Babylon is going to reap a harvest of rotten fruit. Not this city. Look at chapter 22, verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life. 
with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. What was Babylon all about? Trampling surrounding nations. What is this city all about? The tree of life is for the healing of the nations. The good life in Babylon was going to be replaced with death and mourning and famine. Look at Revelation 21 beginning in verse 3. Revelation 21 verse 3. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. Babylon, that's what Babylon is going to reap in this city those things will be former things. You, you might have experienced those for a little while if you had to live in Babylon. But the day is coming, brothers and sisters, when the worst of the worst will be former things. Look down at verse 26 of the chapter. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Chapter 22, verse 3. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in this New Jerusalem and his servants will worship him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They will need no lamp of light or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. Babylon filled with the blood of prophets Apostles and saints, this, this is home for the saints. Built on the foundation of the prophets and apostles. Chapter 21, verse 10, he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and the gates, 12 angels, and on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed on the east three, the north three, the south three, the west Three And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. To complete the contrast, the message for those in Babylon was, Come out! Come out of her! This message is, this is where you come. Revelation 22, verse 7, Behold, the King of kings and Lord of lords says, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Verse 12, I am coming 
soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, A and Z, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David. I am the bright and morning star. How does the last page of God's written revelation to mankind end? Come. The Spirit and the bride Say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Verse 20, I am coming soon. One way, one thing to notice how the last book of the Bible reaches its conclusion is two cities are highlighting. Two cities are contrasted. There is news about both cities. One is fallen, one is prepared. One is all about its own glory, one is about the glory of God. One is going to reap a harvest of rotten fruit. One is characterized by the presence of the tree of life. In one, the good life was enjoyed by some for a little while, but it's going to lead to death, mourning, and famine. In this city, New Jerusalem, those will be former things. The blood of God's people was shed in one. This is home for God's people. The message is come out of her. The message of the New Jerusalem is come. Which ought to lead to the question. Which city... Am I living for? Could we round off by taking a moment to think about tension? Because there were plenty of people who lived in first century Babylon. And the unmistakable message of the New Testament is, you are in Babylon, but you are not to be of Babylon. Nowhere does God's people, or God tell His people, to leave behind all cities, because cities is where all of the bad stuff is, and if you just head into the hills and build a commune of your own, you'll establish heaven on earth. No, even in literal Old Testament Babylon, God through the prophet Jeremiah communicated, listen, you're, you're going to be here for a while. And I have spent 28 chapters explaining to you why you are in exile in Babylon. You're going to be in Babylon for the next 70 years. Don't be of Babylon. You be different. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. 
For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. In the first century, the Apostle Peter does not tell Christians, listen, mission number one is we got to go somewhere where Rome isn't. No, it's you are in Rome, don't be of Rome. I want you to think of yourselves as sojourners and exiles. Don't be like the people around you who just live for the passions of their own flesh and by sowing those seeds are waging war against their own souls. No, you live in Rome, don't be of Rome. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation because after all, God has promised, I am coming. You look at world history, the history of world empires. The empire in which we live fits the caricature of Babylon more than any in modern, modern memory. But I want you to listen to me. Really, I want you to listen to Peter. Because as you go to work in Babylon this week, as you go to school in Babylon this week, as you live in the neighborhoods of Babylon this week, God's message is clear. You live as people who are free. Thank God for those freedoms. Be good stewards of those freedoms. But understand, those freedoms are not a door to cover up evil. Live wherever and whenever you live as servants of God, understanding that before you're a citizen of Babylon, before you're a subject of Rome, before you are a highly privileged citizen of the United States of America, you are a citizen of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. For a little while, we are living in Babylon. But ladies and gentlemen, we are not waiting for the right Republican or Democrat to be elected in order to make heaven within these 50 states. It will not happen. We are not waiting for the right Speaker of the House to untangle all of the ailments and sins and iniquities and confusions and heartaches and heartbreaks that we experience in this country or any other country. We live in Babylon. We pray to the Lord for the welfare of our community. We live as Good citizens, respecting authority as authority from God. But this is not our home. We are sojourners and exiles. 
Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Could I encourage you to look in the mirror this morning and ask, which city am I really living for? Because... The tricky thing about Babylon is it will tell you no matter what era you live in, it's all about you. You rule. You do whatever it is that you want to do. You characterize what the good life is for you and you chase it with all of your gusto. But we have heard this morning where those seeds eventually lead. As we sing this invitation song in just a moment, I would encourage you to Remember what is right smack dab in the middle of these contrasts. It's a picture in Revelation 20 of a great white throne. And it's an occupied throne. From the presence of the one who is on that throne, earth and sky flee away. And and no place is found for them. And, And John says, before that throne I saw the dead. Great and small standing before the throne and books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead are judged by what was written in the books according to what they have done and the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one of them according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. You see, this is not simply a question of which one do you prefer. They are both equally valid and very pleasant options. You live for Babylon. You will inherit eternity away from God. You live for God. You will spend eternity with God. Well, I've messed a lot of things up. There have been a lot of times I haven't even thought about God. And I know there are ways that I've dishonored God. We heard in Revelation 22. Who's in that new Jerusalem? Those who have washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. It's the message of the New Testament. Repent. Turn away from Babylon. That's not where your hope is built. That's not the way you ought to live. Turn to the true and rightful King who gave His life for you, shed His blood for you, Be baptized in His name for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who is guiding you as a citizen of heaven, a sojourner and an exile for a little while all the way home to a city where the roses never fade. Which city are you living for? If we can help you in turning where you ought to have been pointed all along. We can pray with you and for you this morning. This is the Lord's invitation. We're here to help you. If you'll let us know how we can help by coming to the front while we stand and sing together.